0: To pass the mic, the podcast where child and youth care students and grads share with openness and vulnerability the dimensionality of their identities and experiences. In this episode, Ian, Allery, and Alec discuss the difficulties of transferring into the Child and Youth Care program at McEwen University and the strategies they use to overcome these challenges. I'm Allery Cooley. I did my first two years of child and youth care at Lakeland College, and then I transferred to McEwen for my last two years. Um, Why I chose CYC, I think, is just to be a helping hand and support a person in people's lives and make um, some sort of an impact, even if it's just like something really minor, um, just to make their lives a little easier, a little better.
1: I'm Ian Brown not as unique as Allery. Um, So I came from the McEwen social work program. I did my two years diploma with them. And then partially because my dad was like, you'll get paid more if you get a bachelor. But mostly because I was like, I don't feel ready to go out into the world and practice. I was like, I'm gonna do um, a bachelor of child and youth care. Before I went into social work, I actually originally wanted to do CYC. But when I applied, I didn't have enough 30 level high school credits. So I did a year of open studies to get enough like credits and stuff. And then I was like looking around, at courses, and I was like, hey, social work seems more versatile. And at the time there, this was like six years ago, CYC wasn't as prevalent in the job market. Like I saw one job that was specifically asking for CYC, but lots that were looking for social work. So I was like, this seems more versatile. I'll go with social work. And then it got to the part where I was like, ah, the real world. I was like, I'll just do that CYC thing like I originally wanted to do. And now it's now.
2: I love that phrase, Ian. Now it's now. <laughs> it's my life. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm Alec Monaghan. Um I transferred in to the CYC program in oh god. 2018 sounds about right. Uh, into the second year, I did my uh educational special needs educational assistant certificate at McEwen. In I want to say 2010,
1: you're old,
2: I'm old, <laughs> I'm old, and yeah, so that kind of I worked in the field for eight years and in the school systems and wanted to get like a degree and this is what my like i got a my first year all transferred over nicely so that's partially why i decided to take this and i wanted to keep working with kids and youth because it's amazing it just was a fit and now is now (laughs)
1: I have a question for Allery. So you started CYC at Lakeland. Why did you come to McEwen?
0: Um, Because Lakeland, they only offer the diploma um, the college. Mm. And like you, I was not ready to go into the real world in adults and have a full-time job. And I still wasn't sure what area of CYC I wanted to go into um, because it's such a broad field, Mm. which is still my issue. Um, So I was like, you know, if I go to university and get a degree, maybe I'll figure it out. And that's still not happened, but it's helped me a little bit.
1: (laughs) I thought two more years, then I'll know what I'm doing and I'll feel prepared. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. (laughs) I used to joke with my classmates because I had issues opening up to them in social work. Um, I joked, oh, I'm in social work for the fat stacks of money. But some of them didn't understand sarcasm. And they were just confused. It took me two years to open up to like my program like the first year I was just closed off from everyone and then the second year I started opening up and then I came into CYC and I was like I gotta do this all over again I've made a mistake.
2: Making like meeting new people is hard especially
1: coming into cohorts that are
2: already set up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And coming in as like adults or like young adults or like just people that aren't in high school like We kind of have already done that our whole lives, you know, making new friends and relationships and stuff. So as you get older, you kind of don't have the energy to sit and make all these new connections and meet all these new people because it's like I've done that my whole life and like have to redefine who I am as a person. It's exhausting.
2: I find it's harder the older you get. In a way.
1: Every time they're like... he let's introduce ourselves to the fun fact of yourself. I'm like, there isn't one. I'm boring. I did all the interesting stuff a while ago. If you're like
2: outgoing and whatnot, it's okay. like, it's generally okay, but it's hard to like find people to like group with because everyone's already grouped up with other people.
0: Yeah. Cause everyone made all these relationships, all these connections during the first two years. So then you come in third year or second year in your case Alec, and you're kind of the the odd one out and it's like how do I break into these groups that have already been made and already have relationships with one another and like I'm I'm a little bit of an extrovert but I'm definitely more introverted so I found it hard to like try and go out of my way to meet people because I'm like I don't want to sit by all these random people they're just going to be like oh, who is she? I've never seen her before. And like, I came from a school that was like my class size. Everyone in my program, in my year, there was only about 20 of us. And like, we're all about the same age. Most of us were right out of high school or like a couple years out of high school. None of us had a lot of experience. So we all got along really well because there's only so many of us. And most of us lived on campus too. Versus coming here, there's a wide range of age and like diversity and like different skill levels and like working in the field. So it was hard because I was like, I don't know where I fit in into this group.
1: I remember the first day, I don't know if it was first day of class or if it was like, no, it was first day of class, not the meet and greet day. Um, I saw a person and she had a rainbow lanyard sticking out of her pocket. And she was the only one that I was like, I I identify you as queer. You're like me. You're safe. And I just like latched onto her. And then like after a week, she dropped out of the program. That was my one in and I lost it. Then I was like, ah, shit, I got to make real relationships. That was, that
2: was hard for me too, because like I came in as an older student. I was 28 when I joined the program. So, and like, Everyone else was, like, 19 because it was their second year. So (laughs) it was, like, hard to, like, to figure out how I was going to connect with someone, like, almost 10 years younger than me. And, like, how to, like, not be alone. So how do I find, like, the people that I can fit with being that much older and queer in, like, this class was like little babies. <laughs> like it was so hard. I was so scared of being like, I'm just gonna be alone for the next three years on this program and not talk to anybody. Like that was my plan going in. Just be okay not talking to anybody.
0: And like when we would make groups, like it does sound childish, but it's like it's almost easier if you have instructors that are like, okay, I'm gonna number you off. One, two, three. So at least you get a diversity and like a change of who we work with because all the same people did all the same projects together. So then you end up having all these transfer students work together throughout the whole year, but you don't get much diversity because you all have transferred into the program. Whereas like sometimes you can get a transfer student from social work in and then someone who's been in the program for like the first two years, like you don't get any different opinions or ideas or perspectives, it's just all the same. And no one will say anything if they want to change something in the group because it's like, oh, they're my friends. I don't want to make them upset. I don't, I know how they work. And there's no like, yeah, no diversity in the group sometimes. And that's what I like about the online too, is that all of our groups are randomized. Like when we go into Blackboard and we go into our breakout groups, we are all random and there's people that I haven't talked to at all since I've been here. And I've been here for almost two years that I'm with now. I'm like, wow, like that's actually such an interesting point. Oh, you're actually like really funny. Like I would have known that if we would have probably have still been in the classroom and still picking our
1: own groups. I'm definitely guilty of like finding my person or people and sticking with them. Cause like, it's still so hard to open up to new people for me and it's really hard to do a group project if you're not willing to open up, especially like in this field, in this type of coursework. So I have like my one person and then she's like, do you want to work with this person? I'm like, I don't care. I do not care, whatever you want.
0: Like when I came to the program, there were three other people that came from my class at Lakeland Simi QN and I've like, other than our research um, project, we haven't i've barely done any group work with them because i'm like i've spent two years doing group work with them and it has nothing to do with them but i'm like i need to diversify and like try and work with other people but then it was hard because like everyone else already had their groups i'm like i don't want to work with the same people again and i ended up working with some of them more than once
2: it's just nature it's human nature to like be comfortable right And to be uncomfortable is really hard and really unsettling.
0: Yeah, you stick to what you know.
2: I think one thing that is good about, like Allery said, being online is that we don't pick our own groups.
1: I do honestly enjoy the challenge that's
2: bringing. And there's no pressure to be like, I don't have a group. Like, I was stuck with that in the research project. Like, I didn't have a group. So I was like, well, I'll just do it on my own. And then there was one other person that didn't have a group. So him and I teamed up. But like, if yeah, it's it sucks to be the odd man out. So I think like the one thing that instructors could do more of is to assign groups or randomize groups. And we as students learn way more that way because you're getting more than one or two perspectives in your learning.
1: I know professors are always like, you're adults, you're ups. you can make your own groups. No, we can't.
2: Well, we can, but you're, we're going to base it on what we're comfortable with.
1: They have too much faith in us.
0: Exactly. And I mean, yeah, we should do it ourselves to challenge ourselves, but no one's going to, no one's going to step outside that box and be like, you know what? I'm going to ditch all my friends for this project and I'm going to go with people that I don't know. No one ever does that. I've never seen that. Or they'll bring in like one odd person and that's about it. I've participated
2: in numerous PDs in with the school boards and not once have I seen people sit by someone they don't know on purpose with no instruction. And those are full grown adults that are 50, 40 years old. Right? It's not because we're young, it's because it's human nature to stick with what we know.
1: We are creatures of habit.
2: And if we can have intentional ways to break that, be it an instructor or a randomization of online, like, do it. Because we're going to have to work with a lot of different people in our
0: lives. Exactly. We're never, like, the majority of us aren't going to, as soon as we graduate, go to an agency and stay there for the rest of our lives, chances are we're gonna be bouncing around lots. And that's just the way of our feel too. You know, it's very unpredictable sometimes. So like we have to be able to work with other people. Well,
2: especially in CYC where you have to collaborate with a huge team.
1: Huge teams from like different sectors. Like you've got AHS, you've got CS, you've got all these different groups full of people you don't know because it's an entire department at a whole nother place. And then you've got people coming in and off of your team at your department. Like at the house that I'm at right now and just leaving, there's such a high turnover rate. And that's just the reality.
0: It's an exhausting field. No one stays at one place that long. They need a break. I even think I've been doing lots of work with people with disabilities and exceptionalities. I've been doing it for three years and I'm like, I now want to go to a different area and that's fine. But no, no one sticks to one thing for their whole life.
1: For me, I'm moving in the field because I don't feel like I'm learning anymore. So I'm like, I'm not learning at this place anymore. I don't feel like I'm growing. I feel like I'm stagnating and like losing skill by not doing anything. So I'm going to skedaddle.
2: Yeah, I think that's a huge part of why people move on.
1: What can other like students do to help us? Or what can we do online that will help? And also what professors can do.
0: Um, A third year retreat, because I know that there's one in first year. But there's nothing in third year. Literally, when I got there, we had that first initial meeting. Even then, I didn't meet all the professors. I didn't even meet all of the students. Like, I was still so, like, lost for the first month even that I was in school. So it would be nice to have something that has nothing to do with the school, has nothing to do with McEwen or CYC, and just go off and, like, go to supper or something or, like, to get to know people outside of the
1: classroom. I'm just imagining myself in retreat now and I'm like, oh, I would be so far out of my comfort zone, but it would be good for me.
2: I talk to first-years the whole time because they're in the same boat as me. Like, it's retreat was great, but it, it didn't fix, like, it was great for the first-years coming in to get to know each other that way. But it really didn't fix, like, the transfer student problem.
0: Mm. I mean, I'm. it's not all of the students' problem either that I have already been here for the two years. Because, like we said, they stick to what they know. But it would have helped to, like, like, I don't know, have them need something or, like, for them to almost be more open. Because, like, for the first week, lots of people were. Lots of people were, like, super open to talking to you and, like, sitting you and stuff and then after that first week they're like okay i'm going back with my friends and then they kind of just left and i was like oh okay yeah like not even and like seminar it could be about literally anything like it could be about what kind of jobs you should look for like it's just a way for us to get to know people better because i really like seminar in fourth year like i feel like i've gotten to know everyone in my group so well i've gotten to know my instructor so well So I really would have helped to have that in third year because I feel like I would have been more confident in school if I would have had the chance to get to know people better.
1: Like even though it's just a quarter of your class, it's still like people that you have now.
2: And there's a way to utilize seminar to tie in everything that we're learning, everything we learned in the first two years from wherever we've come from to what we're learning in that, that year as well. And I know they base seminar so much with placement but it can be used as a tool to be relational and to have mentorship and to have all of that with purpose
0: and i think too something i really struggled with when i came in was that i had no idea what any of the instructors were expecting what their expectations were i didn't know a lot of the terms that they use i i literally felt like very in the dark and I wish they would have given out like uh like a book list or a little introduction about themselves even and then like this is like my background and this is what I'm going to be teaching this semester these are some terms you can look up over the summer or like some books to read here's some of my published work like just something to give me some kind of I don't know know them better because like I there's instructors that I still have no idea who they are what their background is and then they'll bring up something that they everyone learned in first and second year and I'm like I have no idea I didn't I wasn't even here so I'm not sure what you're talking about.
2: Even a list of like articles that are relevant Mm -hmm. like each each instructor put down two or three articles on a list and say here you go if you want to like read some of these, it might help you out co- coming into the program. They already have all the material from their classes. Just pick some of the material that they've already used. There was one article that we got maybe in, in second year and it was like the characteristics of a CYC practitioner. I use that on like every single assignment, that, like something like that. How easy is it to give them that one article and like, that would help with everything.
1: I feel cheated.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Like, I I honestly do use that article for everything, so... (laughs) I need this article now. (laughs) I'll see if I can find it.
1: It might be too late for a salary.
2: No, it's pretty good.
0: And I was scared to ask questions a lot of the time and, like, ask for, you know, some help or some advice. Because I'm like, I literally have no idea who these instructors are and they don't know who I am, which is fair. I'm a new face it's like I have no indication of who you are like I literally know nothing other than their name so I felt kind of weird to go and like ask them for advice or ask them for help because I was like how am I to really trust you if we don't really have much of a relationship I guess if that makes sense
1: I remember one of our classes in first semester and third year, and the professor is just throwing words at us like epistemology and praxis. And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know what these words mean. I'm going to die. I wanted to cry. I was so stressed. I still don't know what praxis is.
0: There were words like that thrown around. I'm like, this seems like Illuminati stuff. I have. No idea what is going on. I remember like going to my parents and like, Do you guys, do any of you guys know what this means? And they're like, No, like, is that even a word? I'm like, It's barely something I'm supposed to know.
1: I remember asking a student next to me, or like maybe it was on the Facebook group or something. And I was like, What's praxis? And they were like, I don't know. And it was someone who'd been here since year one. And I was like, Well, as long as neither of us know,
2: terms are different in every program and I think it would be helpful to have a cheat guide to some of it
0: Because like I learned lots of terms too but here they meant they had a different term for the same definition and I was like I oh I was like I didn't know that like it just and I think every practitioner and every yeah like you said every program is going to have similar def- definitions but different term names and it just would help to be able to translate that easier
2: and that's kind of what i said in a lot of my papers in first year and i was like yeah it's this term but i've embodied it in this way prior and it was called this like i've done all of these things before in my practice it's just now there's different names for what i'm doing it doesn't mean that what we were doing was wrong or where we came from was invalued it's just there's different terms to go with the meanings of what we're doing
0: and that's how it, that's how it felt sometimes though that like oh because we're transfer students we don't know this and like i'm not saying that everything needed needs to be dumped down for us but like some instructors really felt like they had to dump things down they're like do you know what this means i'm like well yes i know that i'm like i literally just need you to tell me what the term of this the definition of this term term is and they're like oh you're a transfer student you might not catch on that quickly I remember that my first week of one of my classes and it's like you transfer students might not understand as quickly I'm like well help us understand otherwise I don't want to be behind the whole year Where
2: well, and it's not even like understand like everything we're doing you've done so don't make you feel invalued for your or lesser because of where you went to school prior
0: Yeah, I still learn the same parts for the most part. It's just different views and perspectives of how I learned it. And that's almost a good thing, I think. Let's talk about field placement. This is my favorite thing to talk about as a transfer student. Because I am so frustrated with how um, field placement is done here. Block placement's all the way. Oh, for sure, like... It's just – it's so hard because right now I'm worried about – I'm thinking about practicum. I'm thinking about school. And then I'm thinking about, oh, my gosh, I only go to practicum two days a week. And there's so much that could happen on the days that I don't go there. And then I'm also worried about my assignments while I'm at practicum. And it's just – oh, it's a headache. Like, block is better. Once you're in practicum at placement, you just – you're there every day, you know, everything that's going on, you're on a roll, all you got to worry about is placement. And that's it. And that's, it was just so much easier that way.
2: It's, it's more like a job as well. You get more respect. You're there every day. People value you in a different way. It's not like you're in a bother on a Thursday.
0: And like, I feel like I learned a lot more because I was there seeing every single little thing. Whereas now it's like, oh, we had this really big meeting the other day, but, like, you weren't here and stuff. And it just – I feel like I'm losing out on a lot because I'm at my placement um, Monday and Thursdays. Well, a lot could happen on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Friday, some they have, like, home visits at my placement. And I'm like, I don't even get to see those because I have class. So it's just – it's hard to, like, get in the feel of where you are and like, I always felt prepared for a job and to work after I had block placements because I was used to that Monday to Friday, nine to five kind of thing. And I was ready for to work.
2: Yeah, you're learning the whole job instead of just a quarter of a
1: job. I agree. I'm still partial to non to full year placement, but that's because that's all I've ever experienced. Like I when I hear you guys talk about the block placement, I'm like, oh, yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. And there have been times in my placements where I've been like, wow, I wish it was here yesterday and like all day, all of the day this week, but I still find a lot of value in being there for several months, like being there for like the course of September to April and seeing everything happen and change. Like with the program I'm at right now, it's a very small program that is evolving every single day and I get to see that happen all the way from September till April and there's like huge changes being made. So for me, that's like really exciting to be on the inside of it.
0: Yeah, and like, I think it depends where your placement is. So like right now I'm out of school, so it kind of makes more sense to be there over school year because that, then I can see them changing their classes. I can see them, the things in the school progress. So like, in that way, yes, it's definitely easier to be there over multiple months, but it's harder to get in the groove of things and like be there every day to understand what's going on. Cause sometimes I can go in and my supervisor will be like, Oh, like I, you know, just do your usual today. I have, I'm really busy. I had this thing happened yesterday and I got to deal with it. I'm like, I didn't even get to see what happened yesterday. And there's nothing I can do to help because I wasn't there. So yeah, it's just, you get a more
2: momentum i think doing
0: block placements Mm -hmm. i think going every
2: week like once a week or twice a week too is a lot like i get a lot more anxiety from it because i have to reset every time i go in whereas like if it's like monday to friday it's it's routine to me and like i don't know why but to me like uh, anxiety was a is a big one. Having to like, it's different now, but like my second year placement, because I wasn't, I, I didn't really like it a whole lot. Like the anxiety I got every time I had to go in, every week was like it was hard. Where I just got to go Monday to Friday, it would be like a job. It would have been routine. It would have been, I would have known. Part of the anxiety came with I didn't know what happened from. Thursday to Thursday. There is new kids I'd be coming into, kids would be gone. Like it, it was a big change in such a short time that you didn't really, all the work I had done with one kid was that now they're gone.
0: I almost feel like not useless, but like I feel like I'm not showing all the skills and tools that I have being there twice a week because I do better if I'm there every day because then I know what's going on. I know how things work. If I'm only there twice a week, I feel like I'm only showing so many skills and like, it's just harder for me to get into it. Like I'm really struggling with my practicum right now because I'm only there two days a week. It's hard for me to show what I'm capable of.
2: I, I really liked the block placement when I did it in my uh, other program. It was in a school as well. And like, I found being there every day, I got to know what a kid did to get suspended. I got to work with them after they got back from suspension. I got to like be there for that whole process of how do we integrate these kids back into the classroom after they get suspended? Or how do you work with them during the suspension? Like I, I ended up there was a kid that I was working with that lived two blocks away from me and I walked to school. So I'd walk, and then she'd meet me, and we'd walk to the school together. And her attendance was, like, substantially higher for that block for, that two months because she was walking to school every day with me.
0: (laughs) And, like, I built – I did a practicing at a women's shelter once, and I built, like, such great relationships there because I was there every day. I was like, oh, you remember when you said this yesterday? Or remember last week when we did this? And like, it was just so much easier. Like, yes, you're there only for a month. And then it sucks that, you know, that relationship might be cut off after. But then it's easier to prep them to be like, you know, I am leaving in a week or two. Like, how are we going to deal with this? Like, it was just so much easier to build relationships because you were there every day. You saw those people through thick and thin, not just twice a week where they probably maybe had two good days or they had two bad days when you were there or vice versa.
2: I think a block placement in second year would be so beneficial. If you're, if our majority of our placements are in group homes, I think the block placement is the way to go. Like, how do you explain that you have five, five days left with these youth a month before, right? You have five weeks, but that's only five days you're in programming. Like, Hey, this is my last week. I'm here for five more days. Done. Th- that's your closure, do you have a whole week to close out with these kids? rather than you're trying to close out what three weeks before you actually leave because you're only there three more times?
0: I agree like it you know there are benefits, but I've just found because now that i've done them both i've just found block placement is easier and it's been easier too for employment after because I've gotten such good um recommendations and because i've been there for a month straight and i've shown as many skills as i can i've been able to meet so many people and like ask for advice and also the staff that i'm working with or my supervisors they get to know me too so they get to help where it's like i feel like i don't know my supervisor now that well because i only see them twice.
1: in the McEwen social work program i'm hearing a lot of my friends from that um who I did the diploma with and they went on to their bachelor we did um full year placements first and second year and then they don't do placement third year either just like us but then in fourth year they do block placements
0: I think it'd help if we had a choice because if I could choose I definitely would have done block placement I just that for me is just I don't know what it worked. Because I like being busy and I like having one thing to worry about but yeah I mean like you said like for you Mimi for your, your practice, huh? it probably would be easier to just do it all months because there's no way you could do yours in a month, just not realistic.
2: But, like for group homes for the second year, I think block placements would be so beneficial because, like I said, like if you're not there on the day the kid's moving out, you don't know how to do that paperwork. If you, and there's a good chance you miss that every time, but if you're there Monday to Friday or even filling in on some weekends, you kind of know how to intake kids. You know how to like do the paper, the incident reports, the, like all of that. We, I didn't feel like I got the best learning out of it because I wasn't trusted to do it because I wasn't there very often. And I didn't know the kids as well as I could have, if I was spending more than two days a week with them. Cause most of the time they were only there. Maybe one day I was there. <laughs> Great.
0: What are some of the struggles you faced when transferring into the program? So, <laughs> um, at my college, I was very much like a leader. Like, I was very much out there. I took charge of things. I was kind of a teacher's pet, honestly. I'm not mad about it. Um, but, like, I was a leader, and I really, I knew my school well. I knew the people in my class well. So then when I came to McEwen, the there were already the leaders in the class. There were already people who knew everyone else really well. So it, it was hard for me to establish myself as a leader again. So I had to learn to be kind of the outcast or like a follower. And it was just really different for me because I'm like, this isn't usually what I do. Usually I'm more involved. But it's hard to be involved when you already have those positions, I guess, filled by people in the class. So I really had to learn to... Be okay with not being the leader, but also how can I be a leader in a different sense? And it was a little tricky.
1: I guess I had to go from defining myself as a social worker to defining myself as a youth worker. And I still haven't quite figured that out because I was used to working, like in my first placement, I worked at a drop in center and it was adults, it was youth, it was literally every age of people. We had seniors, we had adults, we had little kids that came in for different programming. And so I was so used to working with that very demographic. Then in my second year placement, I was in a K to nine school, mostly working with the junior high kids. So I got used to working with that demographic. And I recognized social worker in both those contexts. And then coming into CYC, like when people ask what CYC is, I'm like, it's like social work, but specifically with children and youth. Like, that's how I define it. That's how I explain it. Because I'm like, it's not like babysitting in childcare. That's not what it is. It's close to social work because that's the reference point that I have and that a lot of the people in my life have as well and so I'm still figuring out how do I define child and youth care separate from social work do I need to do that how do I define myself because I'm that amalgamation of both and all my learning comes from both of them so I don't know I'm still figuring out what I am and who I am in this context
2: my struggle wasn't to like redefine myself, but it was staying true to who I was as a person coming in. Um, Like I said, I was 10 years older than most of the people in my program almost. And so it was like, I I didn't want to lose my sense of self trying to be someone I wasn't. Um, So like I challenged myself all the time on that. So like, I'd feel so uncomfortable, but I'd answer questions when I didn't know the answer or to ask questions. And it was so hard, though. Like, if I, if I came in when I was straight out of high school, I wouldn't have been able to take what I am getting from the program now, not even close to what I'm taking away from it, just because I was too unsure of myself and lacked the confidence to
0: do so what advice would you give to future transfer students coming into the CYC program?
1: Just talk to people. Just go out of the comfort zone and talk to like one new person a week, even. Just say hi, maybe have a conversation, but just do it. It will make things less painful in the long run.
0: It's hard to be confident when you're the new person and when you don't know anyone or like there's something that, kind of makes you different than everyone else Um, because I'm usually very confident in like answering questions and like just being in class but I found it really hard to find any kind of confidence because I'm like no one's I, I don't know anyone here no one really knows me I don't know like what I'm doing and it was just it's hard to project confidence when you're kind of an outcast I faked it hard it you'll make it till you make it.
2: I definitely did. I still do.
0: I am not a confident person. I remember when I came into third year, I honestly thought you had been in the program right from first year. I was like, oh my God. Like, this person is just so like confident. Like, they know who they're doing, uh, strengthen their self. Like, oh yeah. Like, they no, definitely make the I am
2: so like not confident at all as a person. Like, I struggle. I've struggled with it forever.
0: You faked it really well.
2: I, I try. Like, every day, I'm, like, so anxious to go into school. And, like, like oh, yeah, I just – someone – I, I uh, heard someone speak. They were, like, a doctor or something. And she's like, I hate public speaking. I hate. I hate it. Yet, I do it for a living. And everyone thinks I'm so good at it, but I just fake it. I just pretend that I'm not my myself and I pretend I'm a different person and this person that I pretend I am is really, really good at it. <laughs> like, and she just went on this tangent of like how she just fakes everything to do what she is really good at. And yeah, it was super interesting. And that's what I did. I just fake it. Every day I fake it to try and make myself better because I am not confident. I'm not a confident person. I question everything I do. <laughs>
0: Kind of like what Alex said, like, fake it till you make it. Um, don't, and like, this is something I wish I could have changed is I just resorted. And I was like, okay, I'm not the leader. So I'm no one. Um, and just don't hide in your shell. Like, fake it. Like, act confident. And like, people will be attracted to that. People will be like, oh, like, this person knows what you're doing. And don't question your intelligence. I did that. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone here is just so much smarter than I am and so much more experienced. And That's never the case. You're just as smart as they are. You have just as much experience. Yes, just as much to offer. um, So don't lose sight of that.
2: I second both what Ian and Allery said. Um, I second Ian on like being, finding comfort, being uncomfortable. So when I say that, it's like put yourself out there in uncomfortable situations and find comfort in knowing that it allows you to grow. Um, and then like taking what Allery said is like don't question your intelligence. I did. I didn't think I was smart enough for this, but I am and anyone else is too. If you if this is what you want to do, do it. Like stick to what you want.